Hello everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brandon Wright. Tonight's episode will be joined by our two guests, Daniel and Brandon. Now Daniel's from Alabama, and Brandon is from southern Indiana, but they've both been encountering something very similar. Before we dive into their stories, if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, please send me an email at tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. And we can try and get something scheduled up for a future episode. We're going to go ahead and dive on into our story with Daniel. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'd like to welcome Daniel to the show. He's here to discuss some of the encounters he's had in person. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Daniel, let him talk about his experiences. Daniel, welcome to the show. Definitely appreciate you, brother. Yeah, like I said, it just... September 11th, one of my buddies had invited me out. It was the last moment thing. He invited me out. I've been out there in those woods for about since I was 16. I'm 23 now. I've never experienced anything like I have. Uh, and anyway, so basically we went out there, jammed out. He's got like big speakers. So, and there's nothing but woods for miles. You walk out there and there's like little, they're like big trees, but they're, kind of thin so you can zigzag through them and um basically he had went to bed early uh me and his son stayed out there and he i did speak to his son about me being part native american i do share the bloodline of the creek indians on the native american side and he had spoke on something that i've spoke on before and I've never had nothing happen, but when he said it, it wasn't a couple, wasn't about, I want to say about an hour, because it was right there at midnight, between midnight and 3 a.m., he had spoke on the word skin, and then the last word starts with a W. And that's what I was predicting it could have been, but the way it was giving me the energy and vibes, it may have been a Bigfoot. Um, but anyway, we were sitting there. The first thing that we heard was we were sitting there playing guitar and listening to music and we heard something. I don't know if it was, it sounded like it was like taking a tree and just shaking the hell out of it. Whatever it was, was causing a lot of commotion and it caused us to both go quiet and still. And I told him, I said, okay, I don't think that was a deer. That was way too loud to be a deer and for it to shake tree like that. Well, I'd went inside to get a flashlight, one of those big ones that can shine pretty good. And I couldn't see anything in the woods. I could see right there from the wood line. And as I was looking, I didn't see anything. So we went back to sitting there for a couple minutes talking. Well, after that, we heard some type of low type of growling sound. And I was like, okay, maybe this could be a panther because panthers are known in the area in lower Alabama and Glenwood. And... Well, then all of a sudden we heard this type of scream and the type of scream it had was the best way I can describe it is if you hear deer blow, but you can tell the difference from a deer blowing and it being something else. It was a little bit lower than what a deer would usually blow, but it was like a low type of screaming noise. And I'd shine the light back out there in the woods and I'd seen like one little glimpse of an eye reflection so that built up my curiosity but also kept me on edge because the whole time all this was 
taking place, I had chills running up and down my whole body and every hair on my body was standing up at the time. Well, he started freaking out a little bit and I told him, I said, well, for one, I don't think it's nobody messing with us because ain't nobody going to be out there in those woods that late at night and nobody knows where my buddy lives at in Glenwood. I said it's pretty far back there in the sticks, and he does have a good-sized pond and lakes and streams out there with his house, especially a lot of deer are active around there. And basically between – it started around, I want to say, 12.30 and lasted all the way to 3 a.m., we – called the last straw basically at 3 a.m. when we were sitting on the porch we could hear some stepping going on but it was very faint like whatever it was was moving very quietly it only made that loud commotion at the beginning I guess to warn us and I feel like there was more whatever it was there was more than one of them due to the fact that we heard some tree knocks and I've been I do believe there's stuff out there in the woods and a whole bunch of other things that we cannot explain because we have not seen there's so much of the world that hasn't been discovered yet and so that what furthermore makes me believe that there's more stuff out there but anyway as we was sitting on the porch it was getting close to 3 a.m i told him i said well if we he was wanting to go inside i was like if we hear one more thing or see one more thing we'll go inside like he was starting to get terrified and I was kind of on edge because I knew that whatever it was, it was big for one. For two, I didn't believe it to be an animal. Well, as we were sitting on the porch, there's a tree right beside the steps as you go down them. And next thing you know, we were sitting there. We, we heard something sounding like it was coming crashing down in the tree or either something had threw something. And as soon as I turned to look at the tree and shine the light, into the wood base all i could see was the reflection of these two green glowing eyes and a lot of people when it comes to bigfoot skunk ape sasquatch they always report that it has red eyes but this one didn't have red eyes it had like green glowing eyes and i knew it was a predator because usually with predators those are face forward and whatever it was i knew it wasn't no bear because a bear would not be able to throw anything at you like it did. The power and strength that it had to throw it as uh, fast and hard as it did, there was no way any animal around those woods would have been able to do that. And we didn't really get the chance and opportunity to go out there in the morning because my buddy had to leave to go to Florida. I did mention it to him, but the only thing he did was look at me and just smile about it. So I knew he knew that there was something out there in those woods that was unexplainable that he probably kept on the down low. But as I've done research and I've looked up, there is such thing in Alabama, we call it the white thing. And people have made numerous reports of seeing a gray Bigfoot or Sasquatch. And I do believe as they get older, they do they get just like we do. They start turning gray. And the reason that people may have not found them is because maybe with them being intelligent as they are and being able to be hidden as much as they are, where people can only get glimpses of them throughout these whole years is that they probably do bury their dad once they're deceased, just like we would.
I do believe these uh, intelligent creatures do have the ways that we do, but it's just one of the it's one of the experiences that I've never been able to experience. I've heard people talk about them. I've heard my best friends talk about them, and they'd be dead serious about it. And I'm kind of like, eh, I'm one of those people I got to see it to believe it. But uh, after that, I definitely want to say that I'm a firm believer that there's something out there that we're not aware of and not used to. What do you happen to think they are? Like, if you had an opinion on the matter, do you think it's like a great so, ape? So that, that's basically when I want to say it is because, like I'm saying, there's – so many things out there for one and people are taking blood from different type of species and combining them and creating so many different off breeds of stuff. You never know what's out there, but when it comes to the one known as Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Skunk Ape, I do believe that's what it is, is a, it's basically some type of ape that's mixed with something else maybe possibly our dna <clears throat> do you think it's just kind of like something from like the evolutionary chain to where it's just kind of like it's still there like we've evolved from that but like it's still like a split from the evolutionary line like from where we went from neanderthal they're just like another subspecies of that Kinda, I do. I do believe I fall on that more of that side because I, I have had friends talk about it a lot. A lot of people in the country that I'm friends with, they do claim to see it, and especially here in Alabama where I live. Uh, I want to say, I was in Conecuh and Pike County, so. Um, but I've also heard near Evergreen, Alabama, or Greenville, Alabama. That's what those cities are normally known for is bigfoot sightings and i've heard people tell stories about it they describe it when they see it um i've actually had some buddies who proclaim that they've actually seen it face to face and it's one thing they said is they got the same feeling i got which i still get chills from it even just thinking about it from the days that it's passed on because it's something i've never seen before did your friends happen to mention like facial structure like if it looked more like primate or if it looked more human because i know there's quite a bit of different encounters where people have different descriptions of some say they look more like a human some say they look more like a gorilla so it kind of makes you wonder like if there's just different ones like different types of species of them offshoots i do i do believe with the way that they do i do believe that they communicate just like we do they are they they have a mating call. I, I've watched the Bigfoot series on all that. I do believe that they have their own calls, their own everything. But when it comes to facial structure and the species, I do believe that there's different species of them. Uh, the ones that I've been known to been told about is they do have a large nose, kind of like a gorilla, a silverback gorilla would have. Um, and I've also been known that there's different furs or their whatever they have i've heard some of them say they look like they're wearing ghillie suits because the fur on them is so long i've heard orange i've heard brown i've heard black 
I've heard some of them look like they just have moss hanging from them because their hair is so long. Yeah, it's an interesting topic just because, like, there's been so many encounters from different people throughout the years, but it's so hard to get any tangible proof of it. It's like if there's a body somewhere, how come it's not been reported? Like you mentioned, they could bury their dead. And then with all the hunters and everything else, it's it's just kind of it's just still strange to me that there's a big upright walking creature. And for whatever reason, there's no definitive proof out there. And when there is, it's always questionable because that's how society has been programmed to be now. It's like when you see evidence or everyone, well, that's fake. You could have an actual legitimate body brought up and someone would be like, oh, that's not, that's just a costume. Exactly. And I do believe that. I do believe the reason that when evidence does come about, the reason that it gets silenced is because the government and everything doesn't want us to know what is completely out there. And for the people who say, oh, it's just a costume, it's just this and that, for me, uh, for them to believe it, I believe they're actually the those type of people that are non-believers or say that it's fake and all this. I believe that they've never experienced anything like it or that they don't live in the woods because that's one thing that I've come to learn is when it comes from most of your sightings, it's majority of your people who live out in the country who sees it. I think that's what the stigma comes from too is the people from the cities and the bigger areas and stuff like that. They look down upon the country folk because they think we're, I guess not as educated as they assume they are, but they're not out in the world to see what's going on out there. They're all stuck in their own little concrete yeah, exactly. jungles. So if you ever had a chance to actually see one in person, would you want to? Uh, yes, I would actually. It's not that it's that I would love to learn the ways of how they act because it's a different species than something that we've never seen before. I do believe that it would share this. I do believe it would share the trace between us and the uh, ape generation, but actually being able to see one up close and personal, I definitely would. I do plan on if I get the chance to going back out there this weekend, because I have been told by a good buddy of mine who lives in the same area that I do that he has also encountered a lot of them behind his house because he lives in the sticks out there and he's, and he's learned the ways of them. He said, usually when they travel, he said, they'll tra they'll migrate every three to five months. And he said, usually they don't travel alone that that could come from why I heard three knots coming from three different directions. And also the way that people's, been telling me the reason that they do that whenever humans are around is not necessarily to get our attention it's more to draw us away and but also communicate with ones that are nearby i actually had someone that had a good predicament they said the reason that this one could have been making so much noise the one that i actually seen the eyesight of was he was trying to get my attention to draw me away from looking in one direction. So the other one, if there was any other ones, 
they could possibly run across the wood line to get to the side that he was on. Now with the eyes, were they glowing or was it like a reflection from lighting that would have caused it to glow? Because there's been multiple reports of always eyes shine and everything, which I'm not. Yeah, I, I I'm not say a zoologist or anything, but I don't think I didn't. I don't believe that primate eyes like reflect like a dog's eyes or a cat's eyes. I thought their eyes would just be kind of like what ours would be. But there's been lots of instances where everyone reports this eye shine that they see out in the woods. So it's just kind of strange. Exactly. And, that, and that's the one thing that is hard about it, because like when I looked at it, it, it was like there was no it's like there was an eye eye reflection whenever I the light hit it and I'm surprised that I couldn't see a figure with it I could only see the eye shine in it but they were like a to me it looked more like a lime green tint color but it was so hard to really see and I actually sat there and was looking dead at the eyes for a good couple of seconds before they just closed and vanished I didn't hear no walking it just is kind of hard to explain the way the eyes kind of favor because I've heard so many stories about them reflecting off as coming off as red eyes. And then some of them reflect as like a green color. Uh, but when it comes to that, I would say I definitely knew the way that they reflected that it was not a, it wasn't a bear. It wasn't a coyote. It wasn't anything like that. You had to guess how high off the ground do you think the eyes were? Those trees out there are pretty good size, so I at least want to say anywhere from up there into the nine range because when I seen the eyes, it wasn't nowhere low low to the ground. They were pretty size up there on the tree line. And about how far apart do you think they were? A few inches or? Mm, let's see. I want to say from that from that picture that you I basically posted that everyone's seen. I want to say it, it it was more than what a natural human or any animal would be from a decent size for whatever it was in there that was out there in those woods. When it comes to the eyes and everything, I want to say they was at least a good bit far apart from normal of what I'm used to seeing. Yeah. So a lot of people, at least from what I've seen and listened to, like the reports of the eye shine and everything, to me, that's one of the creepier aspects of it is because where do they go from there? Like you see their eyes and then they just vanish. Like some people actually like hear the noises, they follow the tracks and then they just stop. It's like, where do these things just disappear to? Exactly. And that and that's one thing that, that's one thing that I try to figure out is like, is it, I don't know if they're able to move quite so quietly that they're able to get out the sight of a, the light. But like when it comes to the whole eye shining thing and everything, I just know when the light hit it, that's when I seen it. And for a second, I had to actually go back. Like I almost missed it when I was scanning over. I just happened to see two little green dots glowing at a good size and height and then like i had to scan right back over it and i was like and it made me freeze and when my buddy's son was asking me 
what was I seeing? He knew whatever I seen basically shook me up because I was standing there still. And it was just, even though I wasn't face to face with it, it's the fact that I was sitting there looking it in the eyes. It was looking dead at me. I was looking dead at it. And then all of a sudden it sat there for a good couple of minutes and then just disappeared. But a couple of moments before that, we had it to where I was shining because I heard something and I looked and I could see something in the woods and it looked like it was walking. It looked like it was walking, but I couldn't see the figure of it. I could only see the eyes and the eyes were going up and down like you could see the head motion of it. And it, they was just watching me the whole time. And it looked like it was walking at a horizontal sideways thing, just staring at me as it was walking before the eyes just disappeared. So when it comes to the whole eyesight of how they just randomly disappear, I don't know if it's something to do with their eyes or if they actually, it's because they turn their heads or either close their eyes or something like that. Yeah. Well, definitely one of those encounters that me personally i would like i'm kind of jealous because i'd love to experience something like that and actually see it because i want to believe but i'm almost like you is where i have to see to 100 believe exactly I've, I've seen certain things that i can't explain but try to tell that to other people and you're all just going to get the little snickers and the laughs and it's just like oh this guy's crazy but I, I do want to say that I do remember back in back in my high school days, I think the first encounter with something that favored a Bigfoot type of deal was when I did go in the woods. It was me, my sister, and her boyfriend at the time. We was riding in a forest, riding the uh, trails out there in his truck, uh, drinking beer and just listening to music. Well, we happened to take this one turn that led us deeper in the woods, and when we came when we came around the corner, we had to stop and literally back up because there was this, I don't know if it was a, it looked like a tent or a house that had been built out of sticks and woods. Like it was like a slope. You had the back slope and then it was just like sticking up to where you knew something was staying there or nesting there. But that's the only time I'd ever seen something like that. And that's what made me think that there was something out there in the woods that was not animal-like that could actually build stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely think there is something out there that we don't know about. I can't say one way or the other what exactly it is because I don't think anyone 100% can. I think everyone can make their own assumptions. But there's just too much evidence that people write off that kind of show that there is something out there, whether they, choose to, whether they choose to believe it or not, that's their own prerogative. But I do want to know more about stuff that goes on in life than I guess the average person does, because I continue to look into this type of stuff. So. Exactly. And, and I mean, that's like the thing you're going to have the people that wind up saying, Oh, it's fake. Oh, it's, line oh they're gonna wind up like 99 percent of the people that wind up reacted to my post and it's crazy how far my post went because i live in south alabama close to the pensacola line uh and it's crazy how fast my story had actually hit pittsburgh and pennsylvania i actually had some people 
contacting me saying that I needed to remove my post. They were stating that Bigfoot was real, but they'd rather him to be left alone. And I kind of just brushed that off because I'm the type of person to where if I see something, I'm going to be dead honest about it and tell it how it is. Uh, I mean, what do you gain from really lying? Nothing really, especially in the line of work that I do. There's no reason for me to lie. I've already set where I'm at. So if I see something unexplanatory or something that gives me the chills, I'm definitely going to put it out there. Yeah, I believe that. There's definitely people that just do it for the attention as a joke and everything else. But like, it's the people that have the credibility of why would you come out and just make something up? What type of notoriety are you going to really get from being known as, oh, as the crazy person that believes in a Bigfoot? Like, exactly. So, well, Daniel, I uh, appreciate you coming out, being on the show. Yes, sir. And uh, if you do go back out there again, definitely make sure to take something with you for protection because oh oh yeah i i I usually take a nine millimeter everywhere i go like because that's just for me being i used to work corrections and then volunteer reserve deputy so i'm used to carrying everything but uh i do plan on going back out there this weekend to walk around during the day and also walk down by the lake to see if the pond that my buddy's got to see if i can find anything footprints anything to where something something's run through the woods or possibly a nesting ground or anything i'm definitely looking forward to doing that and then staying out there during the night through the same time and actually taking the time to because my buddy has like these big giant speakers where you could put on a full concert and i'm hoping to go out there and do some of the bigfoot calls on that to be able to attract them back towards us because I still believe they'll be in the area still because of the pond that he has and also how much deer we have around that area. Yeah. If uh, you happen to catch anything, definitely send it my way. I'd uh, love to check it out. Heck yeah, man. Definitely will. All right. We'll keep in touch. And uh, again, thanks for coming on the show. Keep safe out there. All righty. You too, brother. Thank you. Yes, sir. It definitely sounds like there's something strange going on in the woods of Alabama. That's for sure. We're going to switch focus now and jump over to our interview with Brandon. So, again, Brandon's from southern Indiana around the Kentucky border, and he's experienced quite a few things down in this area. So sit back, relax, and let's take a listen. I'd like to welcome my guest on the show tonight. Um, Brandon, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. What I can see, I've seen you've been like a squatching and hunting and everything else and just kind of piqued my interest about if you've had any actual encounters because we both are actually from Indiana as well. Well, that's that's uh, that's wonderful. I've, I've lived all over, but uh, yeah, I was born here in uh, southern Indiana. Yeah. Have you had any many encounters in that area? Um, I've, I've had encounters with, uh, uh, Sasquatch and I've had encounters with, uh, other cryptid creatures that I can't explain what they really are. 
And I also do paranormal investigations, and I've had some dealings with that too. And uh, I mean, I've done a little bit of everything. What's like one of the most interesting encounters you've had? What's the uh, well? Um, I, I've actually had that encounter on three different occasions. Uh, it actually involved my whole family. Uh, we we used to walk uh, every night. Uh, around town here and we'd go to the graveyard late at night around midnight or so and we'd mess with a spirit box you know and uh we left the graveyard one night we was walking there was me and my wife and uh six kids and we uh started down this little side street behind the graveyard there and uh my stepdaughter stopped us and she said what the hell is that and uh, we all looked and there was like four or five like golden looking creatures and they were run on four legs and then they stopped stand up and look at us on two legs and then they would run on four legs and i mean there was there's four or five of them and uh so we we hightailed it out of there and Couple nights later, I got curious, and I said, "Well, let's go back down there and see if we can see him again." And so we headed to the uh, graveyard, and we're standing in the graveyard. Uh, the graveyard there's a there's a hill, and it looks down to a grassy knoll, like, and right next to the grass is is a wood line. and there was a deer standing there in the grass eating, and and then. All of a sudden, one of them creatures come out of the woods, grab that deer, and drug him in the woods. And uh, we all, again, hightailed it out of there. We come straight home, got the pickup truck, and we drove back down there uh, just to, you know, see. And, uh, of course, the, the deer was gone. And uh, and then... Uh, the third time we seen the creature, me and my son, we started walking down that hill, and all of a sudden we seen yellow glowing eyes. And they were running up the hill after us, and we assume it was—I mean, it was real. They were real low to the ground. Uh, we assume it was one of them creatures. We, we couldn't see it real good that night. Uh, it was kind of dark, but. Uh, all we could see was the red glowing eyes and and it was low to the ground, kind of like like it was running on all fours coming after us. So and then just last night we had an encounter. We we was in the woods. Uh me and my squatcher partner, Joe Byer, we we were in the woods there and uh, we I heard this crashing through the brush and I told Joe, I said Something just ran through the, the, the uh, woods there, and uh, there was a big tree down. We was in like a dry creek bed, and a uh, big tree down across the creek bed. You have to walk up a bank and go into the brush, and I've kind of cut out a trail because I've been back here so much, but uh, we walked through the brush and walk around the tree and get back in the creek, and then you walk from there, you walk down the creek a little bit, you got like a log you got to like uh walk down the log up to another level on the creek bed so we 
walked up the log, and as soon as I hit the top of that log, I look over to the right of me, and I see two glowing eyes. They're about nine, ten inches apart, and uh, I, I posted the video there on Facebook. It's a we actually captured an amazing. It sounds to me like a female call. Uh, it, it came through. It wasn't the greatest, so I had to enhance it with a uh, app on my phone. I, I got an app on my phone, and I enhanced the audio. And I mean, if you listen, it's right at about 30 seconds to about 37 seconds. It's a long call. It, uh, you can hear it there pretty good, good now after I went on there and straightened it up a little bit. That's amazing. Um, so that was just happened last night. You got that call. Yeah, that happened last night. Cause last, just last week I was in there with a couple and we, we kind of got a little scared, a little freaked out. We, we was back in there and, uh, we saw, well, I heard, a, I heard a whoop and I told the, the couple of us, I said, I heard, I just heard a whoop. And, uh, so we we exited the creek bed into the woods. And when we went into the woods, the, the female we were with, she said, stop. She heard something walking to the left of us. So we stopped and I've got a little monocle that, you know, for hunting that you see, it sees in 100% darkness. So I went to looking around there and we thought we saw two figures behind a tree peeking out at us. and. Of course, we looked and we stood there and we watched for a minute and all of a sudden they disappeared. They wasn't there no more. So I said, all right, well, let's, let's press on. We we started forward maybe, I want to say 30 feet. Wasn't very far. Went about 30 feet and I looked to the left of me and I see these glowing eyes and they were every bit of a foot apart. And they started out at about 120 yards away from us. And... We watched, and we stood there, and we watched, and uh, the female group, she saw the eyes right away. The, her husband, he, I guess he had burned his eyes welding or something, and uh, he said he could see, you know, real great. So he, he didn't see the eyes at first. And we, the more we stood there, I, I noticed it was, it was kind of belly crawling, like, towards us. It was, it was coming to us. And we stood there and we, you know, uh, we watched and I mean, this thing got within 60 yards of us. And at that point, her husband could even see them eyes because they were so close, you know, and I, I, we all kind of freaked out. We didn't know what to do. We thought maybe, you know, at that point, it looked like it was stalking us because, you know, it was down low belly crawling, you know, and it was, it was trying, it's, it's, it's uh, hardest to get close to us. So I told, you know, I made a judgment call, which I've had a lot of flack from on, on, on there, on Facebook about, but it, you know, I guess you'd have to be in that situation. Uh, but they, I mean, we made a judgment call and we took a shot. Now we didn't shoot at that creature. Nobody, you know, I, I, I posted it on the video or on, uh, Facebook, and I never said we shot at the creature. We shot above its head, 
and it was just enough to deter it from coming any closer and it done just that we backed out of there and we got out of the woods and we called it a night you know uh, but i mean but then last night i told my buddy joe my my squadron partner because he wasn't with me that night he was working I told him, I said, we need to go back in there. I said, for one, I said, I need to go back in there for me because if I don't, I may never get the courage to go back in there again. You know, I mean, that that was kind of freaky. And uh, that, you know, so I went back in there last night and sure enough, we get in there. We wasn't in there 15 minutes and we see some eyes. And, and then we caught that female call. Now, in my opinion, they were surrounding us last night. There was, we heard a female call, and then we had one pinned down in the woods. There, I'm pretty, I'm, you know, I, I can't tell you. You, you, you say you live in Indiana, well, we don't have hogs, we don't have bear. Now, you, I can't tell you anything, any other animal in the woods that's going to have eyes nine to ten inches apart. Or, and that one the other night I seen, he he had eyes that was every bit of a foot apart. You know, I I. You, I can't explain to you what a kind of animal that would be, you know. Uh, About how high off the ground were the eyes, would you say, if you had to guess? Well, this one was in the brush. Now, he was hunkered down, and we could see him every once in a while. He ducked down, you know, like like we, you know, he was trying not to be spotted. But, I mean, it was too late. We done spotted him, so. Because my, I use a spotlight and it's really bright and it, it just lights him eyes up like you know tomorrow. And uh, he, uh, like I said, he, you know, he was hunkered down every night. He was crawling, so uh, he was real low. He he was, you know, uh, I, I like I said, you now we can watch him. He turned his head. And he blinked his eyes. I mean, we sit there and watched him for the longest time. Now, he was more out in the open than that one last night was. That one last night, he was down in the weeds. But then, like I said, we had him pinned down, and all of a sudden we hear that female call come from one side, and then we hear another call coming in from behind us. And we, we decided at that point that we we best go back to the front of the woods there and, uh, uh, you know, we went back up there and then we started making some calls and stuff, you know, where the little safer where we had to get out of there. We, we went deep back in there, you know. So, what do you happen to think that they actually are? Do you think they're uh, like a primate or do you have any ideas? You know, the, the first night I seen it, I, if you had, had asked me, I would have told you it was a dog man because I found some big dog prints back there. But now that I'm, you know, now that I've had time to calm down and, you know, really think about it, I really think it might be Sasquatch. Uh, I, and I've, I've actually casted two tracks back there at different times of the year. And one of them was in October. It snowed the night before. And we found that track. Matter of fact, my, my six and my seven-year-old were with me when we found that track. And, uh, uh, like I said, that, that track there was in the middle of briars in the middle of October. 
and it snowed the night before. So you tell me who's walking around out here barefoot in the middle of briar bushes. Oh, and to the left of that footprint was a trail that went up to where you wouldn't have had to go through briars. Now, I ain't the brightest kind in a box, but being a human, if I'm walking through the woods barefoot and I got a choice to go through them briars or take that path to the left that didn't have any briars, I mean, I'm probably going to take that path to the left. So, um, like I said, I, I casted one of them uh, and it turned out good. I casted both of them. The first cast was the first cast I'd ever casted and it it turned out like hot garbage. <laughs> I ain't going to lie about it. But the, the second cast turned out wonderful. And I learned some things after the first one. You know, uh, I learned to take a torch and burn all the leaves and stuff out of it. And I did that and it turned out great. So, uh, and I added a little more plaster than I did the first time. It was a little thin the first time and it started crumbling on me. And that's part of the reason it didn't turn out real well. But I mean, it's all, you know, it's all you learn on the go. You know, it's not we do this stuff but my main goal ain't to go out here and kill sasquatch or anything like that my main goal is to prove its existence you know i want to prove that he's real you know there's so many naysayers you know but you know sometimes i wonder am, am i wasting my time because you know we even if you're, you you can bring all the footprints you want you can have all the sound you want but, you know, until somebody finds a body, there ain't, you know, there's going to be them naysayers. So, I think know. even if someone brought a body in, there would still be others that still would say it was faked just because that's just the mindset of most people. They don't want to think that something like that really exists. When you talk well, about that and, then, that, and then you got big dummies like them two guys down here in Georgia that took a pig carcass, put it in the freezer, and and told everybody it was a Bigfoot. That makes people like us that's trying to do this look bad, you know? I mean, like we're idiots, you know? So, yeah, people uh, ruin it for everybody. So, yeah, they do. And, you know, but I want to encourage everybody to get out there. You know, you, you can't find the evidence sitting on your couch. You got to get out there. You got to get in the woods. And yeah, there, there might be scary times and, you know, there might, but don't let it don't let it deter you you know like i said if i'd done that i wouldn't have been back out there last night but you know that's that's the spirit in me i guess i i just can't let something like that get me down so yeah i've never actually been out in the woods hunting anything like that just because i'm not so much of an outdoors person i'd like to think i was but i've never been a hunter or anything like that so i'm more of a not so much a city boy but that type of lifestyle i guess but well like i said you know we went in there 15 minutes last night so we ain't gotta go very far in you know if you're in a good spot and you know they're there you don't have to go far in they'll come to you right you know but you know like i said I, i'd like to encourage everybody to get out there and and let's prove this that these things exist let's prove the real you know uh on a bigger scale you know uh I, well, I sent. I, I talked to a friend of mine over in Kentucky. He's with the VFRO, uh, and I, I sent him or asked him, you know, who I could send that uh, call to last night to get analyzed. And uh, he uh, 
he sent me a guy to uh, talk to there. Uh, I, I sent him a message, you know, and I uh, tried to add him on Facebook there, but I don't know if he ever, he didn't ever respond, I don't believe, but I mean, I, I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to do this the scientific way, get it done, you know. Sometimes I wonder if, even if there was proof like that, if the, and I don't want to go off like conspiracy land or anything like that, but I feel like the government has to know these things exist. And there's a reason why they don't want people to release information about it. Cause at some point you think someone has come across the body or come across more tangible evidence that could prove the existence of something. But for whatever reason, every time there's evidence or photos or anything like that, it's always blurry or it's just like a foot casting or something that people can easily were just write off as faked because without an actual physical body, it's kind of like everyone's just going to say, Oh, you're just faking stuff for attention or anything like that. Which again, that's the stigma that comes with people that look into this paranormal type stuff. No one wants to accept it. Well, you know, somebody asked me the other night, said well you do you think like this show expedition bigfoot is real you know i i actually was told like that you know i went to waverly hills you know and i done some paranormal investigation and and they they told me you know like taps went out there and they said well taps is more tv oriented you know but the the ghost adventures they really do what they do and and you know i got to thinking about that it doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. If you, whether you're trying to do it for TV or whether you're not, if you go to some of these locations that they go to, they're bound to have things happen to them. I mean, and, and that's what I'm saying. If you, if you really disbelieve and you want to know if it really exists, get out in the woods at night, see, see what you see, you know, I mean, you may go one place and not see nothing, but if you go somewhere where somebody's told you their sightings at, you best be ready because, I mean, even if you're not trying to find them, and you know, how could you not, you know, you can, if you go to these locations and, and they're, they're, they're prime hotspots, like so let's just say Yellowwood up here in Indiana, uh, Yellowwood State Forest is the, the number one sighting place in america or in uh, uh, indiana uh how could you not go up there and not have some kind of experience you know i mean i, I just don't you know like i said i i encourage everybody to go out and and find your own evidence you know if you don't believe it's real then go out and find it years back we were camping out at a place that's always supposed to be considered really haunted up in the area that I live in and I've actually been out there with a group of paranormal investigators who their meters were going off and all sorts of stuff. The little flashlights came on, but I didn't actually experience anything. I didn't see any, you know what I mean? I'm one of those type of people that I'm not going to say, I don't believe in stuff, but I always remain a little skeptical. So if I don't actually see something that I can with my own eyes or determine that there's something actually there. It's kind of like, well, Maybe there's like a magnetic field from something that's just causing these little meters to jump around or something like that. But when we camped out there, we did hear some strange noises. But other than that, like 
you don't see it. We didn't hear it. Like there's nothing that I saw. So who could have said of just some like raccoon or a possum or who knows what a deer walking through the woods. We just heard some crackling here and there. It wasn't anything like we can say was a spirit or a Sasquatch or anything like that. But other than that, like I said, I haven't been out in the woods too much to have my own sort of experiences with that. Right. Right. Well, you know, uh, again, like I said, you, you don't have to go far in, you know, uh, if, it, if you're in a good spot and, and anybody else that does this can tell you if you're, if you're in a good spot and you're at the right location, you're bound to have some kind of experience, you know, and I mean, aside from having an actual sighting, you know, um, I'll tell you what I'd done, and it, it made a big difference for me. Um, I actually went on a VFRO expedition, and you can go online on the VFRO website and pick any state that you live in, and uh, you can, uh, you know, type in that state, and it'll tell you when their uh, expeditions are and how much the well, no, you have to call most of the time to, to figure out pricing and stuff on the on, on the uh, expeditions. But I mean, I tell you what, that that was actually it was a great time. It was five days long. We went camping and we went into. I went. I went on a Kentucky Bigfoot expedition, and I met some really cool people and saw some really cool evidence and heard lots of cool stories and. But by the time I left, you know, there, there was no doubt in my mind. You know, I was a true believer to start with anyways. But, I mean, when I left, there was definitely no doubt, you know. So, uh, um, I could recommend that for anybody who, you know, wants to experience a really cool time and and maybe, you know, see the, you know, more scientific side of it and this because, I mean, they had speakers come in every night at campfire and uh, book writers and, I mean, all kinds of stuff. It was, it was a really good time, and, and you learn a lot. So, now I kind of want to go back to the first account you talked about. You said you've seen something kind of look like, I think you said golems or something like that. So, do you... Did they have like any type of fur or was it kind of like a skin color or anything that you can be like, descriptive of? Because I kind of. They, oh, they were sorry. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say is I've heard stories and stuff about Kentucky goblins. And I know you're down in that southern part. And I've actually got a painting on my wall that one of my mutual friends had done. He kind of an artist and he does all sorts of cryptid stuff and he actually has something for the Kentucky goblins. So I actually bought one off of him, but I know down in that oh. area, they claim that they come from the caves and their the descriptions and everything, in my opinion, always come off as kind of like the Lord of the Rings golem looking thing or whatever. And when you said that, it kind of made me wonder, I was like, I wonder if that's kind of maybe the same thing that you saw was kind of what all these other people down around Kentucky's mountain areas are seeing. Honestly, uh, I have to wonder if that guy that wrote Lord of the Rings or, you know, made that movie has either done some research on that type of stuff or whatever, because that's exactly what it looked like. Um, 
they were they were about three and a half foot tall maybe i want to say three and a half foot tall and uh i mean they looked just like that they had they were skin colored uh no fur and uh long fingers uh yeah i mean that like i said it, it almost makes you wonder if that guy done some research himself you know before he ever wrote that movie on them yeah there's a lot of stuff that uh i think that some of the things with these artists and writers and everything i think it's all stuff based off of what they've heard over the years from other people they've used that as inspirations and all sorts of things i think hollywood has a way of showing us some stuff without coming out and telling us, Hey, this is exist. Like, Oh, this is all fantasy. But I think there's a little bit of truth mixed into some of the stuff they use for inspirations. But that's, that's just one of my hairbraining ideas. I couldn't believe it. Cause like I said, what I saw with my own eyes, my whole family did. Uh, and we saw them more than on one occasion. Uh, that's what they look like. They look just like what, what, you know, on that movie, uh, as as the golem, uh, they look just like that. Maybe maybe a little shorter because the one on there was pretty, you know, like five or six foot tall. But the the ones we see were like three and a half foot tall. Now I will tell you, I've done some research, um, but not your typical research. Uh, I actually consulted a Ouija board uh, on on the matter, and the Ouija board. Uh, told me that they were supposedly, and well, no, not supposedly, there is, but right behind the graveyard, there's a junkyard. And supposedly inside the junkyard, there's a portal to hell. And supposedly what the Ouija board told me was that they are the keepers of the gate, basically, the gate to hell. That's crazy. Um, I've never messed with a Ouija board. I'm not really a religious type of person, but I've always been the type of person like, well, if something like that exists, I don't really want to screw around with it because I don't need any spirits or anything like that following me around. I've got my own bad luck. I don't need to make more for myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to do it safely. I mean, that's for sure. You know, you can't just get on there and, you know, all willy nilly and just, you, you have to be safe about it. And, but I mean, you know, you could, you could take it with a grain of salt, what it says sometimes, but I mean, that's what it told me. And I mean, I was curious, you know, I mean, I seen these things on three different occasions or, you know, my whole family did. And I wanted an, I wanted an answer, you know, and I mean, I don't, you, you can't just go out and ask somebody because I mean, people don't really know, you know, when it's like a, you know, you could go ask people about Sasquatch all day and, and you get a hundred different answers, you know, that, you know, have pertained to a hundred different things, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying. Nobody really knows. So, I mean, I, I, I went, you know, one night we were messing around with the Ouija board and I decided to ask it what the, creatures were you know so yeah there's a lot of theories kind of what they are i know the common term they call them like goblins this and that but uh a lot of people seem to think they come from the cave system like they're just 
creatures that evolved and dwell in the caves and they come out at nighttime scavenge around for food like i know there's a bunch of cave systems down in that way with the mountain ranges and stuff too in the ohio valley and stuff the appalachian mountains and everything so that like i said i'm i'm not a know-it-all i don't i'll straight up admit i don't know hardly jack shit about stuff but when it comes to seeing things to me i look for plausibility and why couldn't something live in the caves that we don't know about? Because it's not like we go in the caves all the time. You know what I mean? All right. Well, now I will say, you know, I know what the Ouija boards did, but our first thought was that they live underneath the street here because I live right in town, you know, and this happened right in town. It's, you know, I'm, this wasn't in the woods. It, it was right in town next to a grade school. Uh, and, right where we saw them is is like a sewer ditch you know and um then there's a, a little creek that runs into that ditch and i i don't know i i mean i kind of assumed that they lived under the the street you know somewhere and i think you know what a lot of you know what a lot of it that I've seen looks like is the rake, what they call the rake. And I've actually seen like, there's a video online on YouTube uh, of the rake and it's in like a, 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 you know, a street sewage pipe, you know? So I don't, you know, I mean, that's just what we assume, but we don't really know, you know, I can see if something like that did come from a cave system, it's going to find other places to live. And if it needs food around a town's the best place to find food if there's other people around and stuff like that. So I could see it living in a sewer or a drain pipe or something like that because it's closer to what it normally would be living in. So that makes sense to me. Right, right. And, and we did, me and my son, we, we actually did walk down that creek and we found a, like a three toed track that you know it didn't look like a any type of bird you know it wasn't skinny three toes it was more like fat three toed and so you know i mean it you know if, if it had been skinny i would have said oh well that's just like a heron or something but i don't i don't know it it could have been something you know i'm actually what, pretty sure that they say that they do have three toes like i think that's yeah. one of the common things is they say they're three toed which if you saw tracks that even <laughs> lends more credibility to uh, the idea that that's all the same creature that you saw that what other people have been reporting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there's, and, and the thing was, like I said, there was more than one of them, you know, the first time we saw them, there was more, there was like four or five of them. And uh, I mean, we were, we didn't know what to think, you know, uh, we didn't know what we just saw, you know, and, and then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, I want to see that again. So we started. But now I will say I haven't seen them in a couple of years, uh, but I don't walk the way we used to. Uh, I hurt my back here a while back, and but we used to walk every night, you know, and now we don't do that. So, uh, but now, now it's a, it's, I, I focus more on the Sasquatch thing now. Yeah, I understand that. Well, I do appreciate you coming out and sharing some of your stories. I know you wrote a book and we've only got a few minutes left of time. So if you'd like to 
take the last couple moments to talk about your book real quick and go ahead with that. Yeah. Um, I wrote a three, a three short story book. It's called dreamscape horrors. Um, uh, and it's, uh, it's a pretty, you know, it's a, it's a short book. It's only like 80 pages, but if you want, if, if you, if you're looking for a good short, you know, spooky read, uh, and, and these are some of the things, you know, some of the things in these books, you know, it's, it's based on basically nightmares. Um, like what, you know, if you just think of all the, the bad nightmares you ever had and you woke up right before you died, came back to finish the job. Uh, that's this book. And, uh, that's basically where all three stories are based on dreams. So if, if you guys want a good uh, short story, you know, horror book to read, uh, you can find it on Amazon, on paperback, hardcover, and Kindle. And uh, also you can find my uh, website at www.dreamscapehorrors.com. Uh, everybody check out my book i think you you know if you if you're into horror and you, you want like a short read that's not going to take you a year to read it then this is the book for you okay well again i do appreciate you coming out on the show and uh good luck out there and be safe all right thank you buddy yep thank you have a good night oh you too and that's our show everyone Again, if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, please contact me at tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. That's tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social medias. Also, if you'd like to help the show grow, please share it around. Any help is greatly appreciated. Again, thanks for listening. Good night, everyone.